Good morning, Trinity Church. How are we doing? You're like, what is that on your face? This is what we call, uh, or Josiah, my youngest, said, it's Dominican Republic facial hair. So, so now, now that you all know, just got back from a mission trip uh, yesterday at 4 o'clock in the morning. So uh, we're feeling strong this morning. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. Um, great worship. Thank you, worship team. Just, just bringing us into... Uh, just an amazing place of worship before God. And um, our culture loves music. There's music just about everywhere we go. And there's a song for just about any occasion. If you are um, having a, a romantic dinner with uh, your, 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 your spouse or girlfriend, probably don't want to you know, go with uh, heavy metal. It just it seems to be a disconnect a little bit. No, you want something real nice, kind of soft and real beautiful, you know, whatever that sounds like to you, maybe some classical music perhaps. On the other hand, when you're working out, like, you know me, um, <laughs> when you go to the gym, um, you, you, want, you want something pretty energetic. You want to kind of get fired up. At my gym, they play Don't Stop Believing every time I go there. <laughs> um, they probably look at me like, oh, he's here. Like, let's put it on. Don't stop believing because this, this, this guy's got to keep going and he's got a long way to go. So I really appreciate that uh, at my gym. Um, I bet your gym doesn't do that for you. Um, when I'm studying uh, and, and like when I'm really trying to study, like focus, I, I want something pretty quiet. I'll put on some instrumental stuff, no lyrics because I'll d distract you. Like, hey, what did you say? Uh, I want something really kind of dialed in, kind of kind of quiet. When I'm working in my office, though, just kind of not studying, but just kind of working on projects, emails, and, you know, just doing stuff, I need a good little soundtrack. I like things kind of moving. I probably have the loudest office in, at Trinity Church of anyone. My, my, my music is always, is always going, and uh, at times, like, I'll, I'll, the ground will be shaken, and women's ministry is meeting downstairs, and I'll get a text, can you turn that down, please? I'm like, okay, okay. Um, Birthdays at our house, we, well, we obviously sing happy birthday, but we always uh, play the Stevie Wonder, happy birthday to you. Yeah, that one. And um, so Noah just had his birthday, so in the morning when he gets up, we, we, we pump that. It'll be my birthday later this week, so I'm expecting Stevie Wonder, happy birthday later this week. And um, there's a song for just about any occasion, any situation. In the same way, this summer, in, in our new series, Playlist, we'll discover there's a psalm for just about any situation we find ourselves in. Whatever circumstance, whatever the spiritual state of your heart and mind, there's a psalm to match it. Whether you're feeling just uh, excited about what God is doing in your life or in the people around you, there's a psalm for that. Whether you're frustrated, you're disappointed with God, there's a psalm to match it. There's, there's, there's a psalm if you're feeling just broken over your sin. Ever found yourself there? Just brokenness and, and just uh, songs of, of contrition, confession before God. There's a psalm for that. Whether you're feeling defeated or victorious, with joy or sadness, there's a psalm for that. In the psalms, we discover a God who is the almighty, all-powerful creator of the universe. We discover a, a good shepherd, a faithful shepherd, a loving shepherd. We discover a lawgiver. 
we discover a judge, a friend, a healer, a messiah. We discover the one and only true God. And when we dive into God's playlist, which is 150 tracks strong, it draws us to a place of worship and wonder. So this summer, as we dive into this new series, our, our, our playlist, our prayers, it would draw us close to God. John Stott summarized the Psalms this way. Psalms speak the universal language of the human soul. Psalms speak the universal language of the soul. And they really do. Now, to help us get acquainted with the book of Psalms, we've uh, selected a, a video clip to show you this morning that kind of gives you a little bit of insight into how, how the book is put together. Uh, it's put together by um, the, the Bible Project guys, and we'll, uh, we'll put that up on our web a little bit later this week, and you can check out the full version. But here's just a little clip of it. Go ahead, guys. There's lots of different kinds of poems in the book of Psalms, but they all basically fall into two big categories, either poems of lament or poems of praise. Poems of lament express pain, confusion, and anger about how horrible the world is and how horrible the things are happening to the poet. And so these poems draw attention to what's wrong in the world, and they ask God to do something about it. There's a lot of these in the book, which tells us something important, that lament is an appropriate response to the evil that we see in our world. But what you'll notice is that lament poems predominate earlier in the book, in books one through three. But pay attention, because you'll see praise poems occasionally, too. Praise poems are poems of joy and celebration, and they draw attention to what's good in the world, and they retell stories of what God has done in our lives and thank God for it. In books four and five, you'll notice that praise poems come to outnumber lament poems, and it all culminates in that five-part hallelujah conclusion. So this shift from lament to praise, this is profound, and it tells us something about the nature of prayer. As we hope for the messianic kingdom, as the book teaches us to do, this will create tension for us as we look out on the tragic state of our world and of our lives. And so the Psalms teach us not to ignore the pain of our lives, but at the same time, biblical faith is forward-looking, looking to the promise of God's future messianic kingdom. And so Torah and Messiah, lament and praise, faith and hope. That's what the book of Psalms is all about. I encourage you to check out the full video at some point in the next week or so uh, to kind of help you get some, some context to this book as we dive into it this summer. I want to kind of throw out three distinctives we want to keep before us as we uh, go through this playlist this summer. First being the people of God are a praying people. The people of God are a singing people as evidenced by the Psalms. We will encounter amazing prayers that the people of God have prayed for for ages on ages. They're, they're, they're real, they're honest, gut-felt prayers and songs. The Psalms, number two, still exist for us today to find ourselves in them by way of how they communicate in a God-honoring way the range of emotions that people feel. God has created us to be emotional people. God has created us to feel and sometimes processing those emotions can be a, a, a challenge. And we find a really helpful model here in the book of Psalms to help us do that. 
So our prayer is that our goal would be this summer to align our responses to God with the words and the heartbeat of these psalms that we'll be looking at this summer. Our prayer is this, that the psalms that we will encounter will be the lyrics of your heart. That the psalms that we'll look at will provide you with a vocabulary to communicate, to align your heart with the heartbeat of God and his people. Because our, our feelings of disappointment, of depression, are real. And how, where do we take them? Where do we take those thoughts? We take them to God. He wants them. This morning, we want, we want to start at the very beginning of the book of Psalms. Psalm 1. It lays a foundation it actually, um, Psalm 1 and 2 provide a foundation for the remaining 148 psalms. We're going to take a look at Psalm, psalm 1 this morning, and, and, and we'll see uh, an amazing contrast being set up. And our first track on this playlist this morning is called Rooted or Restless. And our destination, our big idea, is that a life rooted in God and his word is the foundation for personal transformation and impact in our relational world. That a life rooted in God and his word is the foundation, it is the only foundation for personal transformation and impact in our relational world. The first thing we'll notice is a contrast between a rooted and a restless life as we look at verse one together. Follow along if you would in your Bibles. Psalm chapter one, verse one. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the comp company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. We encounter two ways, two paths, two ways of life, and they couldn't be more different from one another. There's a huge contrast, and it starts off, blessed is the one. What does that mean? We talk about, you know, oh, brother, be blessed. God bless you. Uh, it's kind of a churchy word, and what does that mean? And so this idea of blessing, this blessedness, as we see it here in the book of Psalms, in, in, in this genre of wisdom literature, um, it, it occurs multiple times in, in the book of Psalms, but also in Proverbs, and the way to understand it is this, that blessedness or blessed is the joy and happiness which flows from right standing with God and right living before God. It is, it is a joy, a happiness that comes from knowing that we are right with God and that we are living right before him. Right standing with God is a, judici a judicial term, a judicial concept that God has declared us righteous. God has declared us right, not because of what we have done, because we all know we haven't done very well, have we? 
But he has declared us righteous if we are followers of Jesus on account of what Jesus has done for us. It is his righteousness that has been credited to my account, and therefore, I am right with God. And if you are a follower of Jesus this morning, you are right with God. And he's calling you to live right, to live righteous before him. And when we do that, when this right standing with God comes together with right living before him, we are living a blessed life. Now we encounter a very different life. It goes on. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So by describing this blessed like negatively, he's given us a description of what the other path looks like. The path of the wicked, sinners, and mockers. It is mockers who shun God. It is sinners who defy God and his, his, his precepts, his purposes for their lives. It is the wicked who are restless without God. And when we encounter terms like wickedness, you're like, wow, God, are we kind of being a little harsh here? I couldn't think of a better term to describe those without God. Because you see, the Hebrew um, really captures this idea when it comes to wickedness, restlessness. The idea of restlessness, lack of peace, and inner turmoil. The wicked are restless. Now pause for a moment. These are your friends. These are your co-workers. These are family members you love. And they are restless without God, aren't they? They're searching and they're turning to, to relationships, yet they re come up empty. They're, they're searching and, and they're, they're looking towards belonging, stuff, money, yet they remain unfulfilled. These are the people we love in our relational world that do not know Jesus yet. They are restless. They should break our heart. We shouldn't be like, oh, I'm glad I'm not like them. That's what the Pharisees did. Jesus spoke pretty harshly against them. They should break our hearts and drive us to pray for them. It's part of the mission of this church is to be rooted in Jesus and reaching our world. But we will reach absolutely no one if we don't pray earnestly, regularly for these people that God would open doors. Let's continue on. And, um, so blessed is the one, and in verse 2, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Let's pause right there. In stark contrast to the lost, to the restless, we encounter a life rooted in Jesus and his word. It is secure. The one who is blessed is like a tree planted by streams of water. Alexander McLaren, an old pastor, said it this way, religion lacks depth and volume because it is not fed by hidden springs. We need life giving water from God and his word. Now, I haven't really planted any trees 
like ever. Um, but I did reseed my lawn recently. And so my lawn was looking pretty, pretty shady. And um, a lot of bare spots, like huge like areas of just dirt uh, with an occasional blade of grass. And uh, we, we, we've had a dog now for about a year and a half. And just, you know, like you go on vacation. And it always seems to happen on vacation. The sprinklers, like, break. And you're like, really? Um, so needed a lot of work. So we, we, we kind of did the seed thing. Uh, and then you put manure on there. Um, kids were like, man, Dad, what did you do? You know, what do they do out there? Um, but then what do you do? You give it some... Apparently, you guys have not reseeded your lawns. Okay, so we're going to do a lot of learning together. So after you seed, you put manure down, and then you add water. water. Okay, excellent, excellent. Then a little bit later, you add some more. Water. And then the next day, what do you do? You give more. Water. And the next day, you add more. you got to keep it really moist. It, the, the seeds really like that for germination. And then about a week in, you look out, and you see... Yeah. No, you see nothing, actually. There's nothing. <laughs> um, but what you do is you keep going and you add more water. Now, two weeks in, you see some spikes here and there, like some really tiny, you gotta like look really well. Um, but you see some grass popping through and you get kind of excited. So you, you kind of add more water. About three weeks in, all of a sudden, there's like green stuff everywhere and it's really cool. And, and the, the seeds have taken root and, and roots are starting to grow and it's sucking in all the Oh, you guys are good. Um, and right now, like, I'm kind of proud of my lawn. It's, it's looking pretty awesome. So, um, but it takes water. Do not report me to the water people, okay? Okay? It's between you and I. It stays right here. A thriving spiritual life is no dis different. We have to water. We need God's life-giving water from his word to flow in and through us, to give us life, spiritual vitality. There is no substitute. I have the YouVersion Bible app downloaded on my phone, on, on, my, on my iPad here. And that, that, that's, my, that's my water source. I might recommend you, you, you do a reading plan. The version has a gazillion reading plans, plans that will take you through the Old Testament or just the New Testament or Old and New Testament in a year, in two years. Some of, it's just the Gospels. Maybe it's a thematic focus on a particular thing about, about depression or about fear. Or, or, I mean, there's so many reading plans, but get connected to the source of water and start uh, nourishing your soul with, with this life-giving water. What, what the version also allowed me to do is invite several of my friends to read alongside with me for some accountability. And it's been an amazing journey. Um, I'm actually doing the Bible Project uh, reading plan, and it's been awesome. I encourage you to, to either keep going in, in, in your faithful reading of Scripture or jump right back in. This is not about uh, a reading assignment. This is not about religious duties. This is about connecting to Jesus the vine for life. I encourage you to read prayerfully because God is speaking to you through his word. Say something back. 
He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your heart respond to his word. Read thoughtfully. Engage your mind. Read regularly. Read with other people. Listen to his word, even in worship music, filling your mind with life-giving truth of God's word sung to you. So this morning, as we continue kind of through this psalm, we'll continue to see that a life rooted in God and his word is the foundation for personal transformation and impact in our relational world. The first contrast was a rooted versus a restless life. And now we'll discover a contrast between a fruitful and a fruitless life. Take a look with me. Verse 3. It says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You see, a person rooted in God and his word produces fruit. It's going to happen. But in contrast, those who are not connected to God, those who do not know him, those who are restless, the wicked, sinners, mockers, those without God, they have nothing. It's a chasing after the wind. They may pursue wealth, relationships, you fill in the blank, but ultimately they will remain empty. A person rooted in God produces fruit. What kind of fruit? Here's what comes to my mind. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Personal transformation. This is God living, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit living in you indwelling you, working in your heart to make it more like Jesus, to display love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think that's all of them. That is the Holy Spirit living in you. That is God living in you, bringing, transforming you continually for as long as you live to make you more like Jesus. I think of the fruit of ministry, the fruit of giving yourself, investing your time and resources by, by, by serving in children's ministry, by serving in youth ministry, by being an usher, by being a greeter, by being a welcoming face, by investing your life in other people. I think the fruit of ministry also includes our, our, our mission of engaging our relational world with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That, that God would bear fruit as we engage our neighbors, our colleagues, as we pray for them, pray that God would open doors and God will move the hearts of men towards him from restlessness to peace. And he wants to use you as his ambassador to do it. And then it says, oh, the fruit of perseverance, the last one. Faithfulness through the ups and downs of life. We're in it for the long haul. The fruit of perseverance through the twists and, uh, twist and turns of life. To hold on, which was our last uh, sermon series this spring, to hold on, to remain faithful. That is the fruit whose, whose leaf does not wither. Then it says, whatever they do prospers. The Hebrew verb translated prosper 
means to succeed, to accomplish the work you set out to do. This has nothing to do with, with, with like a health and wealth gospel. No, because, because it is God's work. It is he who planted. The verb is passive. It is he who planted. God who planted. God who is watering through his word. It is God who is causing fruit to grow. It is his work that will prosper. It is his work that will succeed, that will bear fruit in your life. The best illustration I can think of is how I was able to live out with 32 of my friends this past week. I told you about my Dominican Republic facial hair. We got back yesterday at four o'clock in the morning from an amazing week of serving in the Dominican Republic. And what I saw was a lot of fruit of the spirit alive and, and, and growing and blossoming in our students. They loved well. Even loving one another after uh, flying from LAX at um, midnight to JFK, to, from JFK to Dominican Republic, and then a three and a half hour bus ride, they, lo they loved each other well. We were wiped out, we were tired. We went to church the next day and, and, and um, it was hot. We were, so, I've never sweat so much in my life. I mean, you take a shower and you're like, why did I just do that? I don't really know. Um, I, I guess I smell a little bit better, but it was just gross and it was, it was, it was so overwhelmingly hot, up to 93% humidity at times. Um, we, we ministered to children, 130, 140 children that, that came to, to the church to be loved, to, to be hugged, to do a craft together, to listen to Bible stories put on by our students because you see their love for the Lord and for the people that, that God had called them to love broke through language barriers. And they were able to love well. They were, to show, they were able to show kindness, faithfulness, goodness. It was lived out. The fruit of ministry was so evident as we saw these little students, little, little kids respond to their leadership, to their love, to their influence. In the morning, we, we, we built, um, we, we took part in, in constructing a medical clinic that, 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 are, that would be used by God in, in in this next season um, to, to provide medical care because you see over 50, um, over 50 children's lives were lost even just this month in the Barahona um, region because of improper medical care, because the, the hospitals are just infested with, with infections. So the pastor's vision is to, to use a medical clinic to share the gospel. And we got to play a small part in that. I was inspired by our students. I want you to be inspired by our students. It doesn't have to stop when we graduate high school, when we get out of our 20s. Invest. Invest in kingdom fruit. And some of you did just that. You prayed for us. You supported financially. Even Paul in Romans talks about that is fruit. That is your fruit that you were able to, to take part in. 
Now in contrast, look at verse four. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment or nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. We encounter a farmer image of, of separating the chaff from, from the valuable wheat kernels. And so the, the, the wheat is surrounded by this outer little layer of, of chaff. And they, they you know, sh- shovel it up in the air. Um, I'm not a farmer, clearly. And um, the wind blows away. The chaff, it is useless, it is vulnerable, and the heavier kernels drop to the ground and just scoop them up at the end of the day, and there is their harvest. And the contrast couldn't be more more stark, more apparent. Chaff is vulnerable, it it just blows away, yet a person rooted in Jesus is secure, steadfast. That's the image that, that the psalmist wants to call to our minds even this morning, because apparently the guy with the most toys doesn't win. There's more at stake. Even though it might seem that way from the outside, and our playlist is going to dive into that in the coming weeks, the wicked, the restless, they will never find rest apart from Jesus. When I think of those that I'm praying for in my relational world, often I think that they're so distracted. God, how will you ever break through? They seem to be pretty content, God. Trust his timing, his way. Pray for a breakthrough in their lives. That God would open the blinders, that they would see Jesus and make yourself available to be a part of that mission. Two ways, two paths, very different from one another, rooted or completely restless, fruitful or fruitless. And finally, we, have a, we encounter a promise of hope or loss. Look with me at verse six. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The way of the wicked leads to destruction, to lostness. The wicked will perish. In your journey of following Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, he's saying, I am with you. He says right here, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. He's there, right there with you, so that you can live right before him, not perfectly, because we are so thankful for God's grace, aren't we? But God is watching over you. He's with you through the ups and downs of life. I am with you. I'm watching you. I'm with you. But then the contrast is, again, so big because he says, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction, which is a sobering reality. It is a terrible reality. The Bible talks more about hell than it does about heaven. Why is that? That seems odd. It's not odd. It is a huge warning. It is a huge warning to those on on, on the path of restlessness saying, stop. It is, you know, um, 
Lights going off, warning lights, sirens, stop, stop, stop. Turn to me because this path is going straight off a cliff. There is no hope. There will be incredible loss. There's a finality to this path. You will perish apart from Christ. So yes, God is very deliberate to make sure that message is all over his message to humanity, to say stop. I don't want anyone to perish. But they, I want people to have eternal life. If you're not a follower of Jesus here this morning, you have, a, you have an opportunity even this morning to change your path. To jump from one path to the other. To be right with God and to start your journey of, 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 of living before him in, in righteousness, in right living. It's not some kind of ritual you have to go through. It's not a religious ceremony. It is simply a response that comes from your heart. And we'd like to frame it for the sake of clarity using the ABCs. A meaning admit. Admit that you cannot do it. You've been on the wrong path and you know it. You're restless. You have not followed God's path, which makes you a sinner. Join the rest of us. We're all there. We are all sinners, but you have an opportunity to respond, to believe, be, to believe that Jesus died for that sin. He died on your behalf. His righteousness, his rightness can be credited to your account so you can be right with God. You can have peace with God if you would only believe that he did that for you and rose on the third day, conquering sin and death and see See, to choose to live, to choose to follow him in obedience, in right living before him. You will not do it perfectly. No one in this room will or can. But it's because of God's grace that he's calling you to, to live a blessed life. No, it's not a promise of health and wealth, but it is a promise of everlasting joy unending joy, unending peace. If you're a follower of Jesus, here's your big idea again. A life rooted in God and his word is the foundation. There is no other foundation. It's not years in the church. So many classes you've taken, so many books you've read. God's word is the foundation for personal transformation and impact in our relational world. Are you, are you getting your nourishment from the stream? Are you getting rooted in Jesus? Are you growing your roots? Are you getting connected to his word? Can I challenge you? To, to, to start a reading plan, to invite others to, to read alongside of you, to do it together, to journey through God's word together. Are you bearing fruit? Are you praying for those in your relational world that do not know Jesus? Are you praying for the lost? And even as Christians, guys, we are tempted to settle for the American dream. Allow God's word 
to nourish your soul and push you to dream bigger than a house, two cars, and 2.5 kids. Allow, God, allow God's word and the foundation of, of, of God and his presence living in you to dream bigger than the American dream, but to dream kingdom dreams, to invest your life for kingdom purposes, to bear fruit much bigger than you could ever accomplish on your own, but to be spent for the gospel, for the good news. That's our call, that's our challenge. That's the foundation that the book of Psalms starts with, of being connected to his word, to the God of the universe. And again, if, if, if that's not you yet, I encourage you to respond even this morning using those ABCs. We'd love to pray with you and talk with you afterwards. In the next few weeks, we're gonna encounter lots of different tracks on the playlist. Tracks of disappointment, tracks of, of depression, tracks of joy, tracks of frustration and anger, but it all, all that is fair game when it comes to God. Because it's coming from a place of rootedness in Jesus, security in Jesus but also with just incredible honesty saying, God, I'm rooted in you, but I, I just don't understand. God, I'm rooted in, in you and your word, but this really hurts. God, I, I'm, I, I recognize you as savior and Lord and creator, but my sin is just overwhelming. That's where we're gonna go this summer, to align our hearts, our, 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 our experiences with the heartbeat of God and his people from ages on end, to give ourselves a vocabulary to communicate with God in honesty, but also in reverence as we journey through the Psalms this summer. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Psalms. What an incredible playlist that we will discover together. Lord, we pray that our journey would take us into places of vulnerability, of honesty. Lord, I pray that truly the words of uh, you have spoken through the Psalms would become our words, the lyrics of our heart. Lord, I pray for those in this room who have not responded to your offer of, of salvation, your offer of peace, your offer of forgiveness. Lord, I pray that you would open up the blinders and that they would respond to you even this morning, admitting their own sinfulness, believing that you died for that sin and choosing to follow you. Father God, you are so, so good. And thank you for allowing us to, to come to places of just being real with you. And we look forward to, to growing in, in, in that uh, just authenticity, that honesty as we journey through the Psalms this summer. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.